You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena, the parochial vicar of St. Anne's Parish in Butte, Montana, and chaplain of Butte Central Catholic Schools. Enjoy. I don't preach on St. Paul very often, but when I do, it's generally confusing and complicated. And that's because Paul himself is pretty complicated and difficult at times, and it I felt compelled to address the second reading today from Paul because it's an opportunity. Well, the the Catholic Youth Coalition boards in town this weekend and been giving them formation in what we call theological anthropology. Who is, what are human beings? Uh, what's our call? And so it was a, an opportunity to co- sort of expand on that and and to give a little bit of what I've been teaching to our parish here. And then also to just explain this second reading that by no means is self-evident. And so to start, St. Paul tells us, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual was not first, rather the natural, and then the spiritual. It's crystal clear. Paul has just given us some easy stuff here. I think to start, what's he talking about? At the core... This, this teaching comes at the core of his preaching on the resurrection of the body. And so the contrast between natural and spiritual can seen part, be seen partly as our, our destiny. So we've got our natural bodies here on earth, and then we've got our heavenly bodies that we're destined to have in heaven uh, in the resurrection. And further, he's, he's also speaking back to the beginning, to original sin. So we've got our, our natural bodies, which are fallen through the first man, Adam, and his, and his sin, but then redeemed in the new Adam, who is Christ. He redeemed us on the cross and, and washed away original sin. And so in these two very difficult lines, he's, he's saying a lot. He's giving us kind of the, a short answer to the question, where do we come from? And then a short answer to the question, where are we going? Uh, the two kind of questions we all ask. But as for the church, why do we care about our bodies? Aren't, isn't the church more concerned with the soul? Can't we give you know, the, the, the body over to those experts in many ways, uh, medical experts and people dealing with those things? Well, we care a lot about our body because you can't have one without the other. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll explain that, but first I want to give maybe put that in the context of the world. What, what has the world had to say about what our body means uh, throughout history? And so, without pushing into kind of the nuances of each specific culture and religion, I want to just give a little overview of what the world thinks about the body. You know, in, in Eastern religions, typically, you know, it ranges from anywhere from like, our body is, is, is a vessel for our soul. We have our soul, and, and it operates in this world by means of the body, but, but the body is sort of like just, uh, it's, a, it's either a, a vessel or a prison. You know, it's, it's trapping our spirit. And so we ought to be detached from it. We can't, we can't be attached to things of the senses uh, or attached to things of this world. Our goal is in the end to escape our bodies into a sort of like heavenly uh, singularity, a sort of heavenly spiritual knowledge in eternity. That's kind of the general Eastern view. Um, To achieve nirvana, 
or moksha, depending on uh, which religion you are. And so it's precisely the escape from the physical world uh, that gives us uh, eternal life, you could say. And that there's a lot more nuance to that, but it's not really worth going into here. In Western spirituality, it's a little more volatile. It's, it, it's uh, more kind of across the full spectrum. We have everything ranging from, in the ancient world, there was a lot of hatred for the body. It was a source of sin. It was, it was what led us uh, away from God, and certain religions believe that, uh, and philosophies too. And then in America, we were founded on you know, Puritanism, so it's a very... So it's just a general distaste for all things physical. Uh, not really a hatred, but a sort of toleration, but, but suppress your desires. That's kind of the American tradition, uh, in the beginning anyways. But we've sort of swung to the full opposite side of the spectrum in recent times, and that's to a sort of hedonism. And, and what that means technically is that you know we're the master of our body. We embrace the pleasure that our body brings, and so... And so whatever you can get as far as pleasure, get after it, you know, it's your body. And we've settled, at least in our time, on a sort of mixture of those views, uh, which is somewhat confusing unless we understand where it's coming from. So I think our culture has generally embraced the sort of revolution of the 60s. Uh, and, and so that, in a sense, has won out culturally. And that says, do what you want with your body. It's... it's you know, you're in charge, and it's just a body. And yet we also simultaneously reject our body as a means of communicating any truth to us about who we are. And so we've got this weird, this weird sort of contradictory uh, mixture where we're embracing the pleasure of the body as the means of happiness, but rejecting the body as meaningful in any sort of way. Uh, and we can sort of choose uh, to give our body whatever meaning we want. And though that seems contradictory, it's based on the idea that, that we as, a human, as humans don't have a common sort of what we call nature, and that means we don't have anything in common with one another. We're all totally autonomous, and we can sort of construct our universe as we, as we would like to, uh, according to our feelings and desires. How does this compare to Christian ideas? Well, we actually believe that, that our body is an essential part of who we are. We, I mean, on a, on a basic scientific level, like we can't actually learn anything or, or, or take in anything except through our senses. Everything that we know has, in a sense, been taught to us through our bodies. Uh, that's just a basic truth about the world. Uh, and... But we also believe that on a spiritual level, it's the means of our salvation. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll come back to that. But, but before explaining that, I want to, how that's possible, I want to place us as human beings in the context of the universe. And I want to do my best to do that without a blackboard. So I'm going to ask you to use your imagination right now, because uh, I can't draw this up. And your imagination is probably better than any drawing I could put together anyways. Never was great at art. So, I'm going to explain this, and it, what it's called is the chain of being. And it's, it's not as confusing as it sounds. So, imagine. So, we've got the universe. At the very bottom here, we've got, like, rocks and dirt. That makes a little bit of sense. Rocks and dirt aren't living. They exist, but they're not alive in that sense. 
So they're just inanimate objects. They can't move unless they're moved by something else. And then above them in this sort of chain, you've got plants, vegetative life. They're alive. They've got somewhat of an existence. Uh, they've got some senses, depending on which, what we're talking about here. They even have the capacity to move to some extent. If you're talking about vines or you know, sunflowers following the sun. Uh, so they've got some sophistication in their existence, uh, but generally pretty simple as far as living organisms go. And then above them, you've got animals, which are more sophisticated. They've got senses. They can move. They're agile. They can, they can, they've got thought processes and instincts to a certain extent. So there, you could say in, in, a, in a, some sense they're more alive than plants. Uh, not in a biological sense. They're all alive. But, so that, that's you know rocks, plants, animals. And then you have human beings. And we are we are in this really weird place where we have physical bodies, but we also have souls. And, and what, you, what would scientists would say, there's consciousness. We have a consciousness that, that is unexplainable on the biological realm. So we've got this like growth and sophistication in the physical world. And then as Christians, we'd say above us, we've got the whole spiritual realm with all the angels uh, and all the different types of angels and I won't get into that in any detail. So we've got the spiritual world and the physical world, and we as human beings in some weird way are right in the middle. We're in both. We exist in both planes. Uh, and that is fascinating and also confusing uh, because we, like, so we're spiritual beings, but we, but we can make mistakes and learn from mistakes. We can build things and, and work we can forgive people and ask forgiveness. Uh, we, we can even take part in a mysterious way in creation. So when you have a child, you choose to have a child, and God gives that child an immortal soul. And that is an absolutely incredible thing to think about. So you are, in a very real way, taking part in the creation of the universe and bringing an immortal soul into this world. And that's, that's just so... It's, it's mind-blowing. And, and, our, and our goal as Christians is to take this world and offer it to God. We take the physical world and we offer it up as a sacrifice to God in everything. All of our work, our joy, our suffering is to be a sacrifice made to God. And he makes it fruitful. So every moment of our lives can become an offering. Uh, as a priest, I try and do this uh, in, in very literal ways, uh, which is part of the gift of the priesthood, like, go skiing with a bunch of kids and build a snow altar and celebrate Mass. You know, thank God right then and there for the gift of skiing and how awesome it is and adventures. Or going off in the wilderness and piling up a bunch of stones at the foot of a mountain and, and praising the Lord. But then in a very real way, at, at the other end of our life, horrible tragedy happens and we just kneel before the tabernacle and offer that to God. He's the only one who can handle that burden. Um, and so we bring it before him. Yeah. God cares about all of the small, mundane moments of our lives as well as the intense and either joyful or painful moments. And, he, and, we, and we know that for sure because he took on our body. He became a man and experienced all of the mundane things of daily life. He lived as a carpenter in a town of 200 for 30 years. I mean, Jesus experienced 
incredible boredom. He experienced just the day-to-day life of a workman uh, and everything in between. And so we can know that he cares about all of the seemingly meaning, meaningless parts of our life. Uh, and so we bring them to him. And he actually took all of those things with him to the cross and gave them all infinite meaning in his, in his death. So Paul says at the end of this reading, born in the image of the, of the earthly one, Adam, we also bear the image of the heavenly one, Jesus. So we're born with, we're born with original sin. We have these bodies that, that are good but fallen. Uh, and we bear those wounds in our daily life, and we experience that every day. Yet we also bear the mark of baptism, which reclaims us for Christ and actually gives us a real capacity to be holy, uh, as Jesus Christ is holy. And we gain access to those graces uh, in order that, that we can begin the work of Christ in this world with our bodies. Uh, and so embrace this great gift. Like, like live out the dignity of your baptism in your, in your, in your very body. And, and don't let a day pass when you don't offer those things up to Christ, whether they're deep pain or joy or whether they're just another day. Because it's not meaningless. Our bodies aren't meaningless, and what we do with them aren't meaningless. The, the work that we do with our bodies is what's bringing about the kingdom of God, and it's what's bringing about our salvation. And so, it's pointing also to the future resurrection of the body. When we have these bodies back, perfected in heaven, and for all of eternity, we worship God with them. Uh, so let us here and now thank God for this incredible and wondrous mystery of creation Uh, and begin this great work.